The Cinders of Dezu, written and read by Oliver Tonic. A tyrant king, a missing girl, and a journey through a perilous world. Join me for this completed sci-fi fantasy novel read as an audio series. Enjoy the story from here on, or binge from the beginning with the first episode. The episodes are now available on YouTube and Spotify as a podcast. Like and subscribe if you enjoy. My audiobooks are totally free. If you'd like to donate to support my writing, though, check out my Patreon in the description. And now, back to the tale. Chapter 12. The View from the Ashes So, let me get this straight, said Julian. He held his arms out as he spoke, like he was handling the information as he walked. Humans get superpowers in Dezu. Right, said Talia, walking ahead of him. And the king was going to burn us alive. Yes, he was going to burn us alive because of our superpowers. Pretty much. But he was going to burn us alive for our superpowers with his superpowers? Please keep your voice down said Talia. They were walking on a flat path they had found in the forest. Next to them on their right stood rows and rows of perfectly round boulders in between the trees. So that means the king is human. Julian's face was plastered with confusion. Right. And a total nut job? Shh. But he murders all humans, right? Or people from Earth or whatever they call us here? Said Cairo. Vincarsi. And yeah, they are usually known to come from Earth. So if someone has delinium faculties, they are from Earth, or human, generally. She said in a low tone. But how does he hate his own kind? You really need to be quiet, said Talia. Why? said Cairo, speaking lower now. Does he have eyes and ears everywhere or something? No. Talia said, pointing to the stones to her right. It's because those aren't rocks. Cairo stopped and looked at the one a few feet from him. It was perfectly still, not even a sign of breathing. Julian, still behind Cairo as he worked out the new information, ran into him. Come on! Talia hissed, no longer in her previously low voice. Julian gave Cairo an exaggerated, continuous push on his back while Cairo's eyes stayed on the boulders. Once Cairo had started walking again, Julian lightly jogged up to Talia, who was in front. I wouldn't yell if you weren't walking so fast, he whined as he caught up. So why is the king an earth racist? Is, is that right? Or an earth race traitor? Earth race... Talia's eyebrows furrowed and her face changed, but she was just far enough ahead for the boys not to see. Why does anyone hate a whole race of people? There's no point in figuring out that kind of brain rot. Do you know what happens to things with rot? Julian frowned. Uh, what happens to... I mean, probably... Things that have rot get buried and fertilize the ground for the rest of us. That way, at least something good can come from them. People with brain rot are just the same. Julian found his mouth slightly open, but wordless. He looked back at Cairo. Cairo pressed his lips together. They walked in awkward silence for a while. 
Finally, Cairo jogged past Julian so he could take the reins of the conversation. In my experience, people usually have some kind of source for their hate, some kind of reason. I mean, no reason is ultimately a good reason to hate a race of people, but, you know, people usually point to something. Talia pursed her lips, looking straight ahead. Cairo could see the question mulling around in her head. Abuse, she said. Abuse? he asked. Yeah. What kind of abuse? Apparently the king didn't have a great life back on Earth. He was a child when he crossed over. He didn't feel the kind of love he was supposed to feel, not until he met the Nam. They showed him kindness. His whole reign is about repaying it. Cairo raised his brow and nodded. That's, wow, that's pretty sad. Talia scowled as she turned to him. Then she raised an eyebrow. Yeah? Will you want to know how I got here? Cairo's eyes widened. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're offered. I came here with my parents and my little brother, she said. Really? Your whole family? Are they... They're dead. Orion killed them. Talia looked straight ahead again. Her expression looked like it was poisoned with anger. Not an ounce of sadness shone through. He stopped and she kept going without a glance in his direction. Julian kept walking and passed Cairo, catching his gaze with wide eyes and raised eyebrows. He mouthed to him with a small salute. This is all you. Cairo made his jaw crooked and thought. He caught up to their guide again, keeping pace with her. I, I'm sorry. Did you kill them? No, I, then you can drop the sorry. Cairo frowned. Do you... Can I ask how it happened? Talia's expression softened. She still wouldn't look at him. We were on a road trip, she said. And then suddenly we weren't on the road anymore. We were in a forest. Did you have one of the red, I, I mean, the delinium? No, it didn't happen that way for us. Sometimes the walls between universes are thin, and sometimes they make little holes that someone can enter accidentally. Harper says that's what happens sometimes to people who are reported missing on Earth. It's what happened to us. Whoa, Julian whispered. We kind of just made a life here. My whole family had delinium abilities related to fire. When he found us, the king didn't like that. I was out collecting sweet crea fruit when he found them. And a night I lost my family and he burned my home to the ground. Wow, said Cairo. His hands were in his pockets. I'm so... Well, no, I'm still sorry. He's the one who needs to be sorry, she said. And he will be. I'll make sure of it. In the meantime, I make it my business to make his life just a little bit harder. Cairo smiled. You mean when you're not playing escort to people on quests that are doomed to fail? He said. That made her crack a smile. She nodded. So why hesitate to come with us? He said. We're going where the king lives. Why not march up to the door and give him what for? Because I'm not an idiot, 
she said. He's just as much a master as he is a monster. Like any great king, he has powerful forces lined up and ready to die for him. But even if you're up against just him alone, you'd need an army in your back pocket. Huh, said Cairo, rubbing the back of his neck. He then dug into his back pocket. He pulled out his fist and held it out before her, revealing his empty palm. That's right, I left mine at home. Talia's serious expression broke a moment to scoff and roll her eyes. It tried to harden up again, but it was softer now. When I finally get a chance to put him down, she said, I'll make sure it's on my terms. How are you going to pull that off? asked Julian. She looked back at him. He was looking at his toes when he asked the question. Talia didn't answer until her lack of response made him look up. She looked him in the eyes. If I knew, I promise you, he'd be dead already. She looked back ahead and they walked in silence for a while. How old were you? Cairo asked. Hmm? Talia said. When you lost your family, how old were you? Oh, uh, about ten, I think. Cairo looked at her. How did you manage surviving on your own? I didn't, she said. I had a lot of help. Julian snapped his fingers. Harper? Yeah, and his wife, Harper. No way, Harper and Harper? said Julian. I know, Talia said with a smile. They were made for each other. He's always too much in his head, and she's the one to pull him out of it. Where is she? Cairo asked. Oh, she's all over, just like him. And he's nowhere at all, just like her. She probably built your cabin. The one he set us up with? Cairo said. She builds all of them. She's how they can make so many homes for Earth refugees in so many hidden spots. It'd probably be nearly impossible without her. She's a powerful telekinetic. She builds houses with her mind? said Cairo. And the outhouses and the indoor plumbing and others, the water pumps, the brush clearing. Indoor plumbing? mumbled Julian. How did we not meet her? said Cairo. I thought we were in their house when Harper kidnapped us, said Julian. Rescued us, he said, rolling his head back to his friend. She was probably in the other room on her cot, she said. Cot, said Cairo. She can't walk or move much at all, really, at least in the natural way. The king made sure of that. Sheesh, said Julian. Even from behind him and to the side, Julian could see worry wash over Cairo's face. He'd had Reina for a while now. He couldn't imagine what he could have done. Julian gripped his shoulders and gave him a double squeeze. It'll be all right, man. Cairo shook the expression off his face and tried to toss the thoughts away. Talia said nothing. They walked quietly for a while. Julian frowned at the silence. So your power is fire, right? How does that work? Talia held out her hand. I can generate it, she said as a small flame formed in her palm, and manipulate it.
The flickering flame became a ring standing vertical in her hand. It rotated slowly and then broke apart, becoming like a string. Kyra watched as it wrapped around her palm. Then she rolled her fingers as it slid like a snake between each of them. Wow, it's that easy? said Cairo. With practice, sure. She flicked her fingers and the line of fire shot towards Cairo. He reacted with a reflexive swipe of his arm. There was a crackling and the flame was gone, but his hand was encased in a thick mitten of ice. Talia smiled. You'll get there eventually. Cairo looked at his hand. Julian laughed. You gotta figure that out, man. Cairo tried to shake the lump of ice off. He will, Talia said. It doesn't take long after manifestation. It'll be second nature soon. Like you've been this way your whole life. With half the stuff this place has shown us, he's gonna need it, Julian said, still smiling as Cairo tried to strike his hand against the log they were stepping over. Well, at least we have you, said Cairo. You already saved us both and killed that assassin or whatever he was. We'll be all right. I know, Julian said. That was crazy. That Fierce guy? I can't believe he got eaten. I've never seen someone die before. Talia scoffed. Okay, first of all, all I said was I'd get you to a safe house before the Shadow Dogs get you. And second, you still haven't seen someone die. Faras is not dead. Cairo raised an eyebrow. Firas? Firas? Fir... He's not? We saw him get eaten by that centipede, or Mothra baby looking... I've seen him survive a lot worse, she said. He might be a blowhard, but the Nam don't call him the Great for nothing. Hey guys, it's Oliver. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you want to hear more. Give me your thoughts in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. And check my channel to make sure you're caught up on the latest episode. I'll have regular episodes up until all chapters of this story are fully released, so stay tuned.